almost live from a library near you, this is Hellions Talks, starring the masked library, Kevin Hellion. He is the lauder of the long box, the hero of the hall, and he's on a mission to bag and board them all. Now the Retro Network proudly presents a talk show of comic proportions. Hello everyone, Kevin here. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hellions Talks. It is the biggest episode I've ever had. Why? Because not only will you hear my own voice today, but we have three guests and all are part of the brand new Dorks Are Dangerous podcast. We're going to talk some D&D maybe today, some gaming some uh how to do this over the internet which i'm fascinated by i'm not quite sure how it works to do this um but i have every member of the show on today uh first i have longtime friend and someone that if you've listened to the show before you've heard brought up johnny patches good morning afternoon evening and night whenever you're listening to this hello yeah well, honestly, you could say that for uh, the guests, because it's not like we're all in the same time zone anyways. Right. We're living in the future, and they're living in the past. Uh, you know, I've heard that. I've heard that for people from Arizona. We <laughs> Speaking of Arizona, Kaylee, welcome to the show. Hello, five o'clock people, because it's always five o'clock somewhere. My name is Kaylee, and I am the newest member of the Dorks Are Dangerous. Well, from the first chronicle, I should say. And finally, a little behind the scenes, we had technical issues there. But And finally, we have Bruce on the show as well. Welcome, Bruce. Well, thank you so very much. Bruce, where are you right now? I am in Minnesota. Minnesota. So what time is it for you? I'm terrible with, with time. 6.30. Zones. All right. right. So we are all over the place here. Thank you all for joining me today. Um, Johnny and I are friends and he, um, mentioned this project and I listened to the episodes and I'm honestly fascinated with it. Um, I, I re- so to, to make a point of reference here, I remember seeing on, uh, sitcoms and movies of the eighties, cause I'm a child of the eighties, people playing like chess by mail. And I was just fascinated by how that works, but playing what you're playing not all being in the same room just sounds like launching a rocket to me. It is, I, I'm fascinated by it. And on, and also um, while I was a child of the eighties, I grew up in a small town. So I had no one around me that played these games at all. I have never played myself in my life. Um, just never had a group. And now that I'm older, like, you know, I, I don't know how I would go about in my forties asking someone to play, and and also to teach me for this as well. So uh, whoever wants to jump in, I'm curious for your own background in playing, and then how that leaped into doing this, doing the podcast. Uh, I guess I'll go first, uh, seeing as I was the one that baited you into letting us come on the show. Uh, so uh, <laughs> you bribed you bribed me with candy. I, I did bribe you with candy. So we're from the same general vicinity. You grew up in Waterville? In Watertown. Watertown. Watertown, yeah. So that's a few hours away. Um, but I got my first uh, taste of, of Dungeons & Dragons and role-playing games. At, and this is a name you probably haven't heard in a million years, but you're going to know what I'm talking about. Same Bat Channel. Same Bat Channel, Yep. That was one of the two local comic book stores at the mall, and they had uh, a flyer out for... uh, The first one was a role-playing game, and it was a TSR, which was the company, and they had a Marvel Comics one. So I signed up for that, and I played it, and I was hooked, and I loved it, and that was it. Riverside Mall, which these places mean nothing to anyone but but me and Kevin. And then at Sangertown, they had another store there, and then they had another role playing game in Scotland. And and the 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 um, what are they called? The stones, the uh, rooms in, in in no in Ireland in Scotland or Ireland. What is it? Stonehenge. 
Yeah, Stonehenge. Thank you. And he gapped it. And so I'm thinking, and I just love that history and that that how how the dragons and just how everything came to be. So you're going started searching for a game. Just went out on D and D Beyond forums, found a game, and lo and behold, that's how I met Johnny. So from, I'm just curious, as, as someone who's never played, but I've wanted to play, <clears throat> and this is one of the great things for the internet of no matter how small the town is, no matter how alone you feel, you can find other people out there that are into the same thing you're into and, and can enjoy the same thing that you enjoy. So my understanding, though, for a D and D campaign. Um, how are you doing it over the internet? Is it all with? Um, are you doing it all text based? Are you audio all the time? Do you each have similar things in front of you to keep track of things? Um, how do you trust a, a roll of dice? Do you each have dice, and it's just uh you know, trust system that you believe that the person rolled what they said, or is there an online one? Like, I'm just curious the differences between playing it in person versus playing it online. If you think I trust Johnny for a second to make his own rule, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've taught her well. Uh, there, there are games for everyone, every style, and every nuance. So there are games out there that are 100% text-based. There are games out there where people are rolling their dice in front of their camera or rolling them on their table or on their floor. Or even in Discord. Or, or even in Discord. So the way that we do it is there are now, especially seeing as Dungeons & Dragons has become so mainstream there's a lot of resources now online one of the most popular ones is called roll 20 so we operate a lot through that on roll 20 they have built-in random number generators dice rollers and you roll the die and whatever comes up is whatever the rng gave you and everyone can see that number so when we do it Everything's out in the open so we can see what other people are rolling. That also gives a map that everyone logged into the server can see. And then you have your character or your token that you can move around the map. So you can get a full grasp of what's going on, what you see, and so on. Uh, but that's not for everybody. So some people, in the way that that Bruce and I probably learned was what was called theater of the mind. So instead of having a map in front of us on a table in front on our kitchen table, you know, everything was explained and you mentally had to imagine where the dragon was, where the goblin was, where your character was. And you would just use your imagination for, for the entire setting that you see. And now, I will shoot you a link to Roll20, just so you can take a look, see what one of the maps looks like and everything like that. Now, do you think to be online to do this, um, someone brand new could do it this way? Or would it help to yes. have experience in person and then leap into this? It will help to have experience. I'm very new to D&D, so I... It, as long as someone's there, like when you get into your group, your group will help you. If they're if they're a good group and they're good people, they will help you with anything that doesn't make sense, and they'll tell you where to click. It's very it is intuitive when you're in the screen. There's some things you can learn as the dungeon master or the game master if you prefer um, via wiki that will tell you immediately what you want to do. If you want to make cool light effects, if you want to do cool um, hide your monster tokens before the character see them so that they pop out for a surprise or but as a player I found it decently intuitive and any questions I have these two answered it pretty quick or it was a quick google search for me well you also mentioned um if you have a good group now has there been I mean, the, you all, just the way that you're, you know, goofing around, picking on each other and all, still, you know, having a good rapport. But is that a thing that could happen 
either in person or or doing it online where you just don't have a good group um things fall apart people aren't on the same page people are coming into this with different uh expectations or wants or just someone some people are just crappy people well honestly it, it, you, having a good group makes it easier but you don't need a solid fledged group really what you need is someone who knows what they're doing and is willing to at least maybe start as the dm or the game master gm whichever you want to call it um and remember that that dm is just a player they're they're they take on a specific role uh, oftentimes the the voices and the and the thoughts and the inputs of these non-player characters the the others in the in the campaign but really if that individual is is good at what they do simple refereeing and rule interpretation for the game others will pick up on it really really fast uh they have the tools that like johnny was saying roll 20 dnd beyond other types of things that create and display maps but really if it's if it's that individual who has a really solid understanding and patience for everyone and being able to draw you into the game a brand new set complete rookie new players can set off and excel even in, within the first session now for all of you doing it this way is this the first one that you've done with uh people that you've met this way or have you done campaigns with others or or maybe even have multiple campaigns going with other people i have multiple campaigns uh going at this point just to pass the time it's something i enjoy kaylee is the same uh so a lot of these games have different people that i never knew before our first interaction and some of them have become fantastic friends uh, others never saw again after a couple sessions well that's not a big deal um everyone has their own way they enjoy playing and everyone's and, got a game so yeah you know and there's a lot of different flavors of ice cream out there so just find the one that you like and and just stick with it and now you mentioned um there's lots of different kinds of players. Do you end up seeing a a pattern or a style of this person just plays this way no matter what campaign they're in? That's just kind of their way of playing or they have certain uh, trademarks, um, go-tos, whatever it might be. Or even that, you know, as you play with more and more people, you could recognize, oh, that person is this type of player and in a way kind of know what to expect or where they might be going in the future. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely people that have just their one way they like to play or just have one character type. Uh, a friend of mine, his his girlfriend, only played fighters, only played human fighters, nothing else. I think they've been playing for like 20 years, and the only thing she plays is human fighters. That's what she likes playing, that's what she likes playing. Uh, I like to change it up. I like to play different characters, different classes, different races, and, and just immerse yourself in something that I haven't done before. Because to me, doing the same thing over and over is boring. I'll take Kaylee and Bruce in for their answers on that one. Sure. Um, I, again, I'm still fairly new to D&D, so I prefer to play classes that are less magic based only because i'm still learning and magic classes still semi-intimidate me i've played classes that have some magic capabilities so like one class that i played was a blood hunter they have which is a basically a creature that it, it's a witcher like, have you ever seen the show witcher they're kind of like that uh they hunt monsters they have they like specific monsters and creatures that they like to hunt um, but they have some magic capabilities and it's not hard to remember those capabilities. There's not a huge spell list I have to worry about, but I also get to go and punch things and, and stab them with a sword. So 
that's where I like to be. In the future, I would like to play more magic classes. I'm just personally not comfortable yet. Yeah, I'd say the same. I mean, some people don't understand what it is. They can't grasp this concept of theater of the mind. So no matter what and how you play, it all starts with the individual and what they perceive. So I can read you a blurb, a blurb of text from a, from a, a, a book, history or otherwise, uh, realistic, non-realistic, and you will get a different picture than I will. Some people uh, see that the same way every time, and so therefore they approach it the same way every time. Hopefully, and, and I've seen over time with most players, is they expand and extend what they understand, how they see something, and they do this through playing with other people. Um, I have never played a warlock until our first chronicle, and I've been very comfortable playing many other classes, but not a warlock, and I really knew nothing about it, so I went for it. I think it all lied, it depends on the individual and what their comfort level is, as well as how well they're supported by the rest of their group. Just to piggyback of what Bruce said, like some people see a blurb of text and only see it in a certain way. Just as a fun example of that, a fighter may see a barrel in the room that they can throw or just not touch. A warlock may notice that it says gunpowder on the side, tell the fire to throw the barrel, and then they blast it with a spell attack. And all of a sudden, your enemies are getting rained down on in a fiery explosion. It really just depends on how you see your environment and the story and how creative you want to get, how comfortable you are with that creativity. And as a player, you're encouraged to ask questions mm -hmm. of, of the DM and let them build the scenes and if there's something you're thinking of it may be there the dm's just waiting for you to ask the right questions it's kind of like a puzzle or, or investigating a mystery every time you enter a room there <clears throat> sorry we it's been brought up a couple times how the general public thought of dnd and uh, the mazes and monsters thanks tom hanks for ruining it for so many people. And my parents were the same. I could go to the comic shop, but once it was talking about, you know, uh, gaming, it was, oh, those people think it's all real and they're crazy in the head and everything. But then you have the jump to modern times here. And the, the one that gets me and the one that I've seen a few times is uh, so many people in Hollywood saying that it helps them with screenwriting, with acting um, and the like. There's a, uh, I, I will not pronounce his name correctly at all. Uh, Joe Manganiello? It's like that, yes. Him and yeah. Tim Diesel are, yep. I think, the prime two examples. Yeah, and he's uh, Sofia Vergara's husband, and apparently the story is she's like, I want you to have fun and have something with your friends, but I don't want you going out all the time. And he converted their basement into a D&D &D room. And they'll take pictures, and it's all these actors, writers, directors that just come over and hang out and c c come in and out of the campaign. But also every one of them has talked about what it's done for their own creativity because you're training your mind to think differently and ask different questions and see it from different perspectives. So have any of you so far seen something where the experience in D&D &D got your brain working a different way for something else in life? Definitely. It definitely helps with a problem-solving mentality, because every time you're playing D&D, &D, you're going to have a problem you need to overcome. And whether you kick the door down and fight the monster, or you use your brain and find different ways around those situations, I, I hate to say that that all correlates to real life, but it really does. You always have options for whatever you're going to do during the day. So if you can think of a different way to get around any issue that you have, you're expanding your mind, you're expanding your creativity, and you're becoming more efficient with your time, with your energy, with you know getting your, your work done. 
So definitely it it opens up a completely different avenue for for just getting things done um, the most efficient way, or at least a way that you feel most comfortable. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, Johnny. Could not agree more. I think that, again, that's kind of what I was alluding to before with the whole experience thing, right? You could take a screwdriver uh, or a hammer. Let's take a hammer and, and, and you can pound nails and you can remove nails. You know, what other things can you do with it? You can potentially open things, pry things. It's about using that tool in a different way and using, learning how to utilize it in different ways. Screwdriver, same thing. All kinds of things, right? Well, this flexes that muscle, your, you know, about that creativity. And when, when I was in school and thinking about these things and thinking how, how we could have overcome this certain thing or this pit trap or, or how there was fire on the, around us and how we could have, a, it just makes you think. And that's all it is. And when somebody else uh, presents something, how we learn is by example. And when somebody else presents something and, you, and they see it a little bit different, you all of a sudden you have a new tool in your tool belt. And that's really all it is. So absolutely, um, every one of them you're talking about discusses about how it gave them permission to be creative to be the person that they are and to show some of these facets and that 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 describe their true person to be okay with being the butt of a joke or be okay with being the funny kid or the serious kid and it allows you to take on these personas like you would in a play it's it's just pretend but it makes you think how it can apply. And I can't even tell you how many times I've drawn on that resource. And, so, and sorry, go ahead, John. Oh, and I was going to say, and even on top of that, especially with nowadays, there's so many people with social anxiety and they don't know how to talk and interact with people uh, for whatever reason, whether it's, it's, it's mental or just they, they lack the self-confidence. I've seen definitely people with who are on the spectrum or just introverts that start playing D and D and they start opening up and they start interacting as their character because whatever expectations somebody has for them are gone. Now it's just whatever character they're playing and how they can interact with the world. And it's can be extremely liberating for a lot of people and it can definitely open up, uh, you know, aspects of your personality that you didn't know that you had, that you kept contained because, you know, Oh, you're too weird. Well, you know, everyone's weird, especially nowadays. <laughs> so, freeing that part of their personality, letting them get to know themselves more too. Um, it, it's an amazing resource for, for people. Uh, it's a shame that it's taken 40 years for people to start realizing that though. Well, and I was going to ask one of my questions is going to be how much work do you each put into it outside of when you're actually playing the game with each other? And I met, you know, uh, thinking about what your next move is or, or debating stuff, but it, it sounds more like this is something that throughout the week will just enter your mind sometimes through unrelated things. And all of a sudden you have an idea or you're thinking back to the last game or, you know, what if we did this, that stuff can just pop into your head at any time during the week, whether you're at work or just trying to go to bed or make a dinner or whatever stuff will just enter your head. Um, and it's just a, a part of your life and not necessarily something that you were scheduled X amount of time for on this day. And you don't think about otherwise. I cannot tell you how many times I have pinged and messaged these two about ideas that have popped my brain. I am sure they are sick of it at this point, <laughs> but it does become like, if you enjoy it, it's, it's not a chore to prepare 
both your character's backstory and how your character's personality is, or even be the DM. So the DM position probably takes the most work because you are building the bones of a world for the characters and they're putting in the the meats and the cheeses of, of the pie you're making, right? So I would say if you enjoy it, it's not a chore. It's not work. It's something you enjoy doing and preparing and thinking, oh, we should try this next time we come across a locked door or oh, hey, you know that NPC we didn't talk to? Let's talk to them tomorrow. They may have the clue we need to progress the story. And just stuff like that. You just start talking to each other. You get excited. And it's a shared buzz of excitement between the people in the group. Well, exactly, Kaylee. And and the and by the way, we're never getting get sick of you pinging us in the middle of the night. With <laughs> we love it because we all have this. We all have we all share that passion. But D&D, we keep talking about it as a game. And yes, it is a game. It has, it has rules written and otherwise. It has home rules. It has book rules. But really, I think personally, the best way that I could ever describe this is it's a living story that every single member contributes to writing live. It doesn't matter if it's a module. It doesn't matter. You can and and every single DM can attest to this, right? They they prepare for every possible capability possibility, but the players will always thwart that. They will mess up your best plans. But really, if you're a good DM, you love that to happen, and you're ready for that. You, that's what you're, you're you're feeding them, you're helping them, you're showing them that these are just options and possibilities that are available. Start writing your own story. Let's write this story. And that's really I kind of what drove us. I, I think that's kind of what drove us to the to the podcast. Well, it, it also sounds like with as much as you're saying it. <clears throat> how much is being done online, how much pops into your head over the week to um, going back and forth with each other. Outside of the initial starting, it sounds affordable for everyone that would want to get into it as well. And not something like, uh, you know, um, my local comic store does magic stuff all week long. And there's always a new pack to buy and there's always a new thing and there's always expensive cards. But everything that you three are saying sounds like Outside of initially getting started, this is as expensive or as cheap as you want it to be, and but you're going to have an equal amount of fun with it. There is a Google PDF for everything you want to find if you search hard enough. If you want to go completely free, you're going to find 90% of it free if you really want to. But there are resources you can pay for that will have everything right there for you, too. So. We've mentioned D&D Beyond uh, before. D&D Beyond is a free resource, but it's limited. They give you the groundwork to make a very base character. You don't need to spend a dime. All you have to do is sign up. And if you're okay with that, then there's nothing wrong with that at all because you're having fun. And as long as you're having fun, then the game is doing what it's supposed to, and you're doing what you're supposed to, and that's enjoying your your time. Um, But like Kaylee said... It's 2022. Everything online is free. There's resources for everything, whether you want to read it, whether you want to have it read to you, whether you want to go on YouTube and watch a video. There is so much content out there explaining about characters, about history, about lore of the games, about lore of the characters, that you can be lost in this for, for years and still have content to read and and listen to and and johnny you can't forget about wizards of the coast input they have an online starter set for free so you're you're absolutely right you're you're like you were saying kaylee the, the the cost is as much or as little as you want you can create as much as you want it really is up to the creativity and the depth of the individual players. And you can create your own characters. You can create, like, you can create your own races, your own classes, your own special items that are magical or otherwise. 
pending GM discretion because the GM is the one that runs the game, so it can't break their game. But you can, if you want to, if you want to make a, a flower creature race, go for it. There are some that probably already exist, um, and you can make your own flavor of that. You could make a rock, which are like stone elementals. But if you want a, a rock person, by goodness, you could make a rock person. Now. I've talked with you all a lot about how to get started and how to get going, but I think it's time to talk about what you're actually doing on the podcast. Let's talk about the current campaign. So hype everyone up. What is the story? What are your parts in the story? And what can we expect as listeners? Chronicle one. I love these this characters. is all you, Johnny. I was well, saying Johnny is our famous yeah. leader in this case. I, I was really going to try and bob and weave my way out of this one. So Chronicle One uh, is is where we're starting. So uh, for those that are familiar with uh, Critical Role and a lot of the other bigger uh, podcasts or, or video on demands or streaming games, they're usually very long campaigns that run the course of, of two to three years of everyone playing the same characters and having these giant story arcs leading your character from one to 20. Uh, what I decided I wanted to do with this podcast was condense it down because most games that I've been in or that I've seen, you never get to that point. But what you can do is get to, you know, a few levels in, get one fantastic story arc in and go from there. So what we're doing with the Dorks Are Dangerous podcast are we're doing individual chronicles and we're all taking turns DMing. So if you don't like my DM style, you don't need to listen to Chronicle 1, but Bruce is starting Chronicle 2 and you might want to give him a shot and that might be exactly what you're looking for in a storyteller. So Chronicle 1 uh, has begun with uh, our characters, which is Nawada, who is played by Bruce, by uh, Kor, who is a half-orc barbarian, played by Michelle, who, again, is galvanting around Europe, and uh, Kaylee's character, who's Creed, who is a tiefling uh, blood hunter. Uh, like she described before, those are kind of like The Witcher, if you've watched that series or played the games. Uh, she's a tiefling. Tieflings are born just like everyone else, but somewhere in their bloodline, they had a relative who got freaky with a demon <laughs> or a devil, and that's come on their person in their appearance. So, like, they have horns, they have uh, sharp teeth. They're not bad people. It's just somewhere along their their ancestral tree, somebody uh, got freaky with a demon, and you are the result. Uh, so they have. Uh, work uh, episode four got released, correct? I think is the yes. last one. If someone wants to, to just uh, update me, okay. And probably correct. five will be released of this. Um, yeah. I'll let you guys explain what your characters have found at this point. And then go ahead, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce has listened to the uh, episodes more than anyone else, so. Yeah. yeah, and that's why they've all run together for me. Um, Episode four. I think um, that was the river. Well, you know, here's the here's the thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on it. Um, I don't want to give too much away. Uh, but hopefully we can throw a a, a a line out there, a little bit of bait, to intrigue you enough. Our characters start off knowing each other, um, at least to a degree. They haven't spent a lot of time together. The they start off by riding a carriage together, um, playing with some hats. Yes, you'll have to listen to find out what that's about. Uh, we get to the first part of our destination. We fight some ghouls. Uh, we find some dead bodies. Um, it's so it's funny. I can just hear you guys gears in your head turning on all this what i'm saying um noada found a specific body i will note you can find out about that later fair yep and 
then we got into town. We, we did find a letter. It led us to a certain place. We got screwed over. How we, we ended up on a river. There's a fight. There's, um, some, there's some death. <laughs> there's emotional there's, turmoil in between then and there. Oh, there is. That's right. Uh, there, there, there's action, there's horror, there's a little bit of comedy, there's a jilted romance in there. Uh, ooh, there's in, inner turmoil within the group uh, as well. There's somebody hurts somebody else. I mean, there's, there's, it gets pretty intense, and there's some really great scenes. And these scenes are us actually playing. And really letting ourselves take on the personas of these characters. So, um, and it's, and it's all improv. So we yeah. don't have scripts in front of us. So one of the scenes that Creed Kaylee's character was involved in was absolutely fantastic. It was one of the best scenes that I had been a part of or that I had seen in a long, long time. And she absolutely killed it. And I'm sitting there listening to, to her character talk and explain what she's going through. And I'm like, wow, I'm absolutely blown away. I'm like, Kaylee is killing it. For those who are listening to the podcast, it is probably the most deeply gut wrenching moment of that character's time in that chronicle. So I highly recommend you watch if you'd like to know more of the situation and what happened with the other party members during that situation. So with a second Chronicle, is it going to be the same characters then? Or is that, does everything start from scratch for a second? We for another try chronicle? to skip a Chronicle before we introduce the same players again, if we want to, or if the audience wants them back. Okay. But but it will be new characters. Uh, I was DM for the first Chronicle. I'll be playing this time. Bruce will be running. And the characters that you may have got to know or at least kind of tolerated or absolutely hated won't be in, in Bruce's Chronicle. You'll get a completely different cast of characters with their own motivation and reasons for doing the things they do. So... It's always going to be fresh. You hopefully won't. Hopefully, you won't get bored. Uh, but if you ever get tired of these characters, you only got to sit through them for about another four or five episodes before we're going to bring in a brand new cast of characters. And for Chronicle Two, um, as we said, um, Michelle is gallivanting around Europe, so we have uh, two other players that we're bringing in for that. So keep everything fresh, so people can enjoy it enjoy more people's way of playing because everyone has a different style and you might if you're the dungeon master that round and you really liked your character in the previous chronicle you can bring him in as an npc or a or someone that helps the party in some way so a lot of options for us which is great and if you want to play them later down the line when the, we're looking at higher levels bring them back maybe they went gallivanting around the world like Michelle did and learned some cool tricks. So that's why they're more powerful <laughs> now. Now, do you know how long these Chronicles are going to last? You sit down and go, okay, this is going to be <clears throat> five episodes, let's say, or six. Or do you let the story tell you when it's done? A uh, little column A, a little column B. I was going to say a little bit of both. Uh, I have a rough timeline, or at least for the first Chronicle, I had a rough timeline and what, points everyone needed to hit and we ended up doing seven so seven seemed to be a good number if bruce starts running and we end up steamrolling through a lot of his ideas maybe we can finish it in you know five or six maybe we miss a whole bunch of plot points and we're trying to put a round peg in a square hole and it takes us you know nine or ten episodes to get it done Now, I will say, from listening to it, I do have one complaint, and I'm sorry to all of you equally for this, but this is not, and this is for people that might be interested because of this podcast and jump over there for it, um, this is not a casual play in the background podcast. This is not something to have on while you're 
you know, doing something else and paying more attention to the other thing and you just want background noise, this is a you have to pay attention to it because you're going to miss out on things. So I would say that's fair with any D&D game you, you listen to. But especially us, because he said it was <laughs> us. And yeah. I appreciate that more than I can even... I, that I can find words to say that that actually means a lot to me that you were then invested that you needed to pay attention to what was going on because like you said you I throw in a lot of stuff on the background and I maybe get 40% of it and I can still track it and follow but the fact that uh, you're giving us that that nod that you actually need to pay attention uh, gives me a good feeling that we've uh, we, we wrote something good I am well, silly, and I missed the compliment. That's my bad. <laughs> well, it also gives you multiple downloads now, too, because I'm going to have to go back and listen pay more attention. That's true. I think it only counts once. I think it takes your IP address, because I'm not going to say that I was sitting at home and running it in the background of my work computer for a week. <laughs> <laughs> but I did that, and it didn't uh, count any of those. So I, I, I think it only only one download for IP is going to track. You gotta make new accounts, Johnny. Gosh, I keep telling him. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, and, and I would say, I'd say you're welcome, Kevin. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I, 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 we were there, and like Johnny was saying, um, I probably listened to the most because I, I go back through and I listen for technical things or glitches. We want everybody, we want the audio to be as clear as it can be, and so I was there, and I'll listen. And I go, oh, man, I forgot that happened. <laughs> so, yes, agreed. Thank you very much. And and I will agree with you on that. I've had uh, multiple podcasts over the years, and every so often I'll say, oh, you know, I want to listen to this one from two years ago, five years ago, whatever. And there are things I completely forgot about. And it's my own life, too. So you'd think I'd remember it. Don't worry, that's me every day without coffee. I understand 100%. I've <laughs> drinking a lot, and I've blocked out a lot of old memories. So looking forward. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I just have one last thing here. Uh, is this going to be um, – because right now, like, I'm listening to it on Spotify. Um, but is it something – and, of course, I'm following on the Instagram and the Facebook uh, – but is it something that is going to expand to like all podcast platforms? Is there stuff that you want to play around with on the social media? And um, I'm not going to, I will tag the official show social media and everything, but I won't tag all of you so you can retain your, your privacy, <laughs> your lives outside of the campaign. Appreciate that. <laughs> we have lives outside of the campaign. Oh, oh, oh. My. It's okay, Johnny. It's okay. Smile nod, Johnny. Just smile nod. No, um, I mean, a couple of us have thrown an idea of going on camera, but not everyone is comfortable with that. So maybe down the road, maybe not. We might just stick to podcasts. We do want to expand to more podcast platforms. We're just having some bit of technical difficulties with that, with um, what we need to do. So hopefully, in the near future, we can expand to more than just Spotify. And this is our our first run. We're still yeah. figuring a lot of things out, and every day things become clear on how to do things. Um, as you know, I'm pretty familiar with with social media marketing and things like that. Uh, so we started a a little bit of a a campaign with that when we first started, and now that we've got things rolling, we'll be doing it again. We have our Patreon if anyone wants to support us and what we do. Everything that is being put into the Patreon is going back to to our fans with giveaways and things like that. And then it's also going into our production so we can give everyone a better product than what we have now. We can always improve. We can always get better. And you know, a little bit of money, we can probably stretch a long way. And who knows? Maybe our viewers on our Patreon will get to interact with us during the live gameplays. Maybe they get Ooh. to decide what enemies we run into or special items we get so there there are benefits for people to support the patreon the money is not going to be used for each of you to take a trip to europe and just alternate who's in europe from each campaign yeah you, not, the only not, yet, reason, not yet but no we definitely want <laughs> to get back reason, to the audience 
yeah, the only exactly the only reason we go to Europe is to simply place us all there and play. Yep. We would we would we would be there recording and having fun and doing what we're doing. Well, that that said, um, are there conventions, gatherings, anything like that that would be a situation which it's possible that a few of you could be at the same place and meet up and and do part of a campaign together and the rest could join virtually potentially absolutely that's uh one of my short-term bucket list goals is nice. to be invited to a convention and and get us all there i would happily take a week off work <laughs> i'm packing my bags right now Say just just the way I've seen the comic conventions going lately, I'll say bring your COVID mask as well. Good because call. Yes. It seems everyone is getting sick after every convention. Yeah, bring the emergency and bring a mask. Yeah, it's almost like a bunch of nerds in one room and all of a sudden people get sick. It's weird. Yeah, craziness. <laughs> okay. I want to thank all of you for joining. I can't wait to keep listening to it um, and just seeing where it goes. And and who knows, maybe this is as big a nerd as I am. People are shocked that I never got into D&D or anything like that. Maybe this will be the spark to get me going for it, too. So I heard you say that. So I think I it would only, only be right. And I haven't talked to Kaylee or Bruce about this. And no one's going to override me on this one. But I think we should do a one shot with you. I think oh. that'd be great to have you join our Agents of Love Chaos. <laughs> Love it. So, I'll tell you what. I will get a hold of you uh, probably later tonight, see what your future availability is on, on the weekends, and we're, we're going to run a game with you, and maybe we'll grab one or two other other newbies that have never played before and, and give you guys an, an experience so you can... Determine for yourself if this is something that you really like or if it's something that, man, I, I had fun once, but I, it's not for me. But look, kind of like a drug dealer, the first one's free and, and then, you're gonna, <laughs> then you're, then, then you're going to be hooked. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saving money every month by not doing your other project. So <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> True. May as well. And and as long as no one like kills me within the first two minutes and just for their own enjoyment and I have to cry on a podcast, then I am in for I, this. Maybe don't let me be the DM. Our last one will have <laughs> kill the player at the end. So <laughs> maybe don't let me be the first one. It's it'll be like a training wheels campaign. Right. We'll 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 put the 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 bumpers and the gutters in the bowling alley. That way you, you can't throw a gutter ball. Nice. Uh, I, I, I love taking my... Oh, when I take my kid go bowling and the bumpers are there, oh, I have the best games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to thank all of you for joining me tonight and doing this. And I, I learned so much and I'm excited for the podcast. And now I, I, I meant it. I'm going to have to schedule. I can't do it at my desk at work. Maybe the drive-in because I'm just driving. I'm not doing anything else. Or it's going to have to be when I'm at home and I'll skip watching something else and make my time for this podcast instead. Uh, we appreciate that so much. Honestly, yes. thank you from, from the bottom of, of our hearts, our cold black hearts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it means a lot that we've made something that's resonated with, with you and hopefully we don't let you down. I, you, you know, Grin, we've only known each other about a year, Johnny, but I don't think you've let me down with any of your stuff. So I think we'll be all set. You know my storytelling ability. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Better than some other people that had similar jobs, but that's another story. <laughs> I mean, his storytelling ability was what drew me in. So fingers crossed, right? Fingers up with eyes. He's, he's had some interesting twists and turns along the way. But, you, you, right, you, got, I, you got you got to keep people on their toes. Indeed, indeed, and well, we can make our sarcastic remarks off air for some of that stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you oh, so I, much for having I, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, th thank you all for being here. I, I I free you to the rest of the world, and I'm looking forward to talking to you all again. Apparently, at least once more. 
We'll send you the invites. <laughs>